Well, good evening, ladies and jelly spoons, and welcome to the Jacked on the Beanstalk Comedy Hour. With your hostesses with the mostesses, your farty foxes and vegan vixens, the Shorky Sisters. Hey, Sarah, I got a joke for you. How many vegans does it take to screw in a light bulb? Well, I don't know, Sammy. How many? I don't know either, but more importantly, where the hell do you get your protein from? Nah, nah, I got a better one than that. Tell me, Sammy, how many vegans does it take to change a light bulb? I don't know. Two. One to change it, and one to check for animal ingredients. Yuck, 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 yuck. All right, that was good, but how many meat eaters does it take to screw in a light bulb? Good question. None, because they'd rather stay in the dark about everything. Oh, I like that one. (laughs) I got another one here. Why did the tofu cross the road? Hmm, why? Obviously to prove it wasn't chicken. All right, well, I've got an even better one for you fine folks. Why did the vegan cross the road? Tell me. Because obviously she was protesting for the chicken. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Oh, yeah? Well, what's the best way to keep milk fresh? (sighs) Tell me, Sari. Keep it in the fucking cow. Ba-dum-dum. Yeah, I love that one. All right, well, that's it for us, folks. We're here every Wednesday. Thank you and good night. Welcome to the Jacked on the Beanstalk Vegan Podcast. Hosted by the Shorky Sisters. Reppin' the vegan hippie meatheads of the world is Sam, the first ever vegan world naturals bikini pro, coach, author, and blogger, who's got an ass that's out of this world. Reppin' the busy, tired moms of the world is Sarah, and her ass is, well, mediocre. Together, they're on a mission to live with purpose and unlock the mysteries of a healthy mind body and spirit so grab a seat in the back of sarah's minivan and enjoy the ride what is up podcast listeners i hope you guys enjoyed that old timey stand-up intro i sure did yeah me too in fact that might have just been one of our best intros yet well us singing lana richie's hello was pretty epic too And would you say it uh, was as epic as the sweater you're wearing right now that says, be be epic? You had to go there, right? (laughs) Well, you do wear it all the time, Sarah. Around the house. I don't wear it in public. Well, you're at my house right now. Yeah, I'm not planning on going out in public. But yeah, I feel you. It's kind of like my tank top that a friend gave me that says, we'll squat for peanut butter. I definitely enjoy it, but uh, as a pajama shirt only. Yeah, (laughs) I feel like that one's way cooler than the bee epic. You might as well go around with a sweater that says, I'm a loser. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, or be lame. But anyway, speaking of being epic, I'm kind of excited about this random mixed bag episode we're putting out there for all you listeners this week. We decided that since uh, a lot of the feedback we get on the podcast is that people seem to really appreciate our sense of humor, and of course everyone thinks we're frickin' hilarious. Naturally. We thought that it would be kind of fun to do a whole episode on humor and the healing power of laughter and how being able to find the humor in every situation is... Kind of how we shorties uh, navigate our way through life, wouldn't you say, Sarah? 
I'd say that's pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably um, be in a very dark place if I weren't able to laugh at things. <laughs> and actually, as you said that, a story instantly came to my mind that I think people would like to hear about both of us. Ah, crap. I'm a little worried right now. Yeah. <laughs> So, back in our teenage years, when Sarah and I were both living at home with our parents, we were driving home one night late, and uh, obviously everyone knows my, our parents lived in the middle of the forest, in the boonies, and let it be known that Sarah was in fact driving. Yeah, I literally have no idea what this story is going to be. Oh, you will soon, Sari. Mm. So, we're driving home, and we're chatting, and... And uh, out of nowhere, this little white bunny jumps out in front of us. Why are you telling this story? (laughs) This is like one of the worst experiences of my life. Yeah, I know, but you'll see where I'm taking it. And anyways, we both start screaming and Sarah starts swerving all over the road and I'm screaming at her which way to turn and like, I think I might have even tried to grab the steering wheel at one point. Uh, I I don't know. I think I've blocked this memory out of my life. It was very traumatic for both of us and the poor little rabbit was obviously terrified and in shock and he was just jumping all over the road and like not knowing what to do and same with us we were like swerving in every direction to avoid hitting him and unfortunately we struck the poor little guy down and then we both started bawling our eyes out and then we started screaming at each other blaming (laughs) each other for it yeah i think i actually remember yelling something like if anyone should be killing animals, it's you. Because <laughs> like I drive so carefully, and you speed like a maniac. <laughs> yes, I'm definitely the uh, the more badass driver of the two of us. But Sarah's minivan has a V6 engine, so it can haul ass. <laughs> My little uh, piece of crap <laughs> doesn't really uh, no pedal, pedal to no. the metal. Doesn't really do much. Despite the trauma of this situation, after a few minutes of silence and sniffles, we both kind of just started to laugh. And as awful and sad as the situation was and still is, we could also see the ridiculousness of our reactions to something that was so obviously out of our control. Yeah, actually, I just thought of another bunny story that in a way sort of makes up for that uh, sad tale. Mm. I think I know what one you're going to share. Do you remember the bunny we saved? And by saved, I mean stole. Yes, Benjamin, who was supposed to be our next door neighbor's dinner when Sarah and I shared an apartment together downtown. Yeah, I think we didn't know what his fate was at the time, but I think he it it actually was like a pet for his grandson. But the thing was, is... It was just one of those classic cases of somebody who doesn't know what the hell they're doing. This poor thing was in this tiny cage in the middle of his backyard with no shelter in the dead of a Canadian winter. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was like feeding him like onions and oranges. No, it was even worse than that. It was like literally onion skins I remember seeing in this cage. And yeah, long story short, we basically jumped the fence to rescue him. Yeah, ninja style. I think we were <laughs> we were both wearing all black. <laughs> we waited yeah. until like 2 a.m. Yeah, and I used my long, lean, agile body and stealth <laughs> style climb the fence, grabbed the cage, and then handed it over the fence to Sarah, who was waiting in our backyard. And 
we ended up finding a really awesome home for him out in the country where he became a beloved pet named Benjamin to a very sweet family. Yes, a very happy little girl and they they had a huge property and like a big bunny run and they had other little bunnies and Mm -hmm. guinea pigs and Mm -hmm. yeah, he... Wait, can you hear that? What? That. Listen. I am excited. Why, you ask, guys? Because I am sharing my new fave thing, and they are called petlegs.com. I randomly came across pet legs when I was lying in bed the other morning mindlessly googling and lo and behold folks pet legs is a graphic design company that makes custom leggings with pictures of your very own pets all over them you choose your style of leggings they also make a bunch of shirts and even a cute crop top option then you upload some pictures of your pet and they even send you a proof of how they're gonna look from every which angle and they totally just made a pair of leggings with Dwight my cat all over them which are both hilarious and frigging awesome very artistic placement of Dwight's head throughout too I must add Uh, needless to say I will be posting plenty of pics of me wearing my leggings all over social media, but I did want to give Pet Legs a shout out. I think they would make such a good Christmas present for the vegan fitness freak or crazy cat lady in your life, or you, because we all know that everyone listening to this vegan fitness podcast is probably both a crazy cat lady and (laughs) vegan fitness freak. And for this, they are giving me a special discount code, which I will share on the show notes for this episode at jackedonthebeanstalk.com, but it is the word jacked, J-A-C-K-E-D, if you're just too damn eager to wait. So again, that is discount code jacked, which you can enter at checkout at petlegs.com, P-E-T-L-E-G-Z.com, to save 15%. Seriously, guys, super unique and awesome product, and I know all you fur parents listening will no doubt love them as much as we do. And they also do kids' clothing. Yes. Yeah, so I'm definitely going to get a pair for uh, my daughter. She will love them. And I'm not going to lie, I seriously am excited to wear them to the gym. Oh, I know. Um, I just wish that Dwight was any color other than beige. I say that because I think that black or gray or a white cat would definitely make the sexiest pair of leggings. You know what I mean? Like, you don't really see a lot of beige leggings out there. And as much as I love that Dwight is beige, this is the one time that I uh, I wished he wasn't beige. But I'll still be rocking my pet legs in all of their beige glory. I also enjoy that in the center of each butt cheek, there is a big image of Dwight's face. So a lot of creative design went into these pet legs, let me tell you guys. We also have a guest joining us on the podcast today. This is a bit of an experiment episode. Our guest is not here recording right next to us. In fact, we are attempting to do it over Skype. So hopefully the audio sounds as epic as Sarah's sweater. And we finish this interview, all of us being epic. (laughs) 
Yeah, well, uh, I'll try to keep my technology-cursed hands away from all the buttons and equipment. Yeah, Sarah is not the most computer-savvy person. No. But thankfully, she does make up for it with her witty little podcast contributions and her Be Epic sweaters. Oh. Uh, But anyways, back to today's guest. Since this episode is all about humor and comedy, we thought it would be fun to chat with a vegan stand-up comedian on the podcast. He's been doing comedy for nine years and vegan for seven years now. He's also a certified personal trainer and wellness coach, which would make him the perfect guest for for the Jack on the Beanstalk podcast. I guess our audience can be the judge of that, eh? Yes. So, ladies and jelly spoons, we've got Matthew Piccioni on the air today, otherwise known as Indigo Mateo on social media. What? What the hell does that mean? I believe uh, wholeheartedly in reincarnation and... Mm-hmm. In spiritual world, there's classifications of souls. you got crystal child, rainbow child, and indigo children. And they're all a little bit different. Rainbow children, never been to this planet before. And But as far as indigos go, they're reincarnated. They're here to basically work with other indigos to help, you know, bring change, bring a message, you know, influence and inspire. And, and then Mateo, I'm part Italian, part Hispanic, and Matthew and is Mateo on both of those sides, so just kind of... Okay, so yeah, I can be... it. We're Indigo Shorty. Ooh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? What the hell does that mean? Oh, yeah. Didn't you always want to name your daughter Indigo when you were a teenager? No, it was Skylar. Sky for short, because, you know, the sky is beautiful. Right, right. And yet you actually named your daughter... Yeah. This is a beautiful name for my beautiful child. And I'm not 16 anymore and a wannabe hippie. (laughs) Well, this might come as a shock to everyone, but did you know that I've actually always had a dream of doing stand-up comedy? Did you know that, Sarah? Uh, Yes, I think you've mentioned it a few hundred times. Really? I have? Yes. Over the years, I've even actually kept journals that I've, like, written random jokes down for if I ever did attempt a stand-up routine. Have you looked at those recently? I feel like those things are always a huge disappointment. I did actually uh, look at them recently, and they were terrible. Let's, <laughs> let's never speak of them again. But Mom has actually harassed me a lot over the years to do the stand-up thing. Mom thinks that I'm the funniest person on earth, Sarah. Yeah, Mom thinks we're all friggin' hilarious. I think she's a mom. She thinks we're like the most talented people on earth. Didn't she think <laughs> we should start a band at one point? Too? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, I will say, Sarah, that I had no idea just how funny or good at impressions you were until we started this podcast. What the hell does that mean? It means you take my breath away, Sarah. And in fact, this week, my five-minute journal, which is a gratitude journal, weekly challenge was to express to someone in my life just how much they mean to me. Oh, God. And since I didn't have time to email you, because of course I thought of you, Sarah. Yeah, it's okay. You can email me later. I wanted to actually express it live on the air. So, uh...
Did you ever know that you're my hero? And everything I would... <laughs> might help if you I know forget. the song. Yeah. This is the most awkward moment of my life. Did you ever know that you're my hero? I can fly higher than an eagle. For you are the wind beneath my wings. (laughs) This is the most awkward moment of my life. Well, I think I know how we can top that. Oh, great. Can't wait. Humor is obviously a big part of us Shorkies' daily lives. And we grew up in a very smart-ass family where the way we always showed our love for each other was essentially by making fun of each other. (laughs) Well, that might be a little extreme. Yeah, showed our love by insulting each other. Uh, but yeah, no, we definitely, uh, you definitely needed a thick skin in our family. Yes, Otherwise, definitely. you just, you never would have survived. Totally. And yeah, because of this, I always kind of say that humor is my form of therapy. And that even relates to this podcast. So obviously we cover a lot of heavy topics, especially when it comes to body image and food struggles and personal development. And I know how important it is for us to cover these huge topics and hopefully give you guys listening helpful tools and information. But I also know that I'm very much a smart-ass person. I'm always cracking jokes. I'm always seeing the humor and everything. So when we set out to create this podcast, we also wanted to ensure that it always had like a very lighthearted approach. And having things like us butchering a song at the end of every episode... And actually, one of the very first episodes we ever did was about building confidence. You remember that one, Sarah? Sure do. And a big part of what we talked about was how we all want to be more confident, but in order to be confident, we first have to be courageous and learn how to be more courageous. We kind of talked about stepping out of that comfort zone and how we have to do the things that scare us. And keep doing more of those things. And on that Confidence Podcast, I talk about how I always tell my clients who are scared to enter the weight room because it's intimidating or because they don't know what they're doing, that they have to find the courage somehow, some way to just suck it up and get in there and give it a shot. Because like anything, you know, you do something enough, you're going to become more comfortable doing it. And then hopefully you become more confident in the process because with the gym example, you're forcing yourself out of that comfort zone and you're working on creating a healthy, hot, vegan bod at the same time. But anyways, I have an important question to ask you, Sarah. Okay. Sarah and Shorky in front of our beloved, loyal, and faithful audience. Will you join me at an amateur comedy night tomorrow and perform a vegan stand-up routine with me on stage? No, I don't think so. (laughs) What the hell? What if I... I'll pay you for it. Driving me? Yes, I will give you dollars or you're fired. (laughs) (laughs) And that would be really unfortunate for your family right before Christmas to have an unemployed mother. Actually, they'd probably be happy about that. Kate, come on! (laughs) 
Why the hell would I want to do that? This is your bucket list item, not mine. Yeah, but it would mean the world to me and mom and dad and our listeners. So Really? Yes. So everybody listening, please send your encouragement and tell Sarah to do this with me. Tomorrow night, we are doing our vegan stand-up routine together, and then I'm going to share it on YouTube. Yeah, you know, actually, I'm just going to say yes, because this will be another uh, Eat My Waste podcast challenge that never happens. Okay, great. Yeah, great. <laughs> and it's all vegan jokes we're apparently doing? Yes. Yeah, actually, Matthew, Sam had said that you don't really focus on the fact that you're vegan in your stand-up routine. I was kind of wondering if that was more about thinking vegans don't have a sense of humor or maybe the stigmas that meat eaters might put on you or maybe it's just a certain aspect of your life that you don't care to talk about it's a, it, it, it's a tricky it's a little bit like walking on eggshells you know there's not a lot of vegan comics out there so it, it's a little untested the jokes that i do vegan i've had you know meat eaters tell me they like you know like the jokes so it's I guess it's more the fact that, yeah, you know, that stigma, you know, you might turn some people off out there in the audience. And so it has to be done right. Yeah. And this is a topic that I really wanted to get into because I think there are a lot of dedicated vegans out there who are super passionate about animal rights, obviously, and myself included. But sometimes some of them do tend to come off very strongly. Agro vegans? Yeah, like I, I will usually refer to them as like supremacist vegans. I definitely hear from a lot of people, vegan or not, who really do praise me for my form of activism, meaning that I promote a healthy vegan diet and I like to show how possible it is to build muscle on a vegan diet. I always wear like vegan shirts at the gym. So when I'm lifting, you know, heavier than some of the guys there, they know that that strength comes from beans, baby. I've learned that a lot of non-vegan people and definitely like dudes in the gym, they warm up to the idea of veganism a lot better because like I'm not shoving it down their throats and I'm not making them feel like a piece of crap for eating animals. That's also why I live by the credo, I don't preach, I inspire. You can even get on my web store if you want uh, to rock that on a shirt or an eco-friendly bag. Love to know your thoughts, Matthew. What is and isn't appropriate in terms of poking fun at vegans and our choice of lifestyle? Posted a couple months ago, tagged me on Facebook. He was barbecuing and just a bunch of racks of ribs. I'm like, why did you tag me? Like, what is the point of that? <laughs> like, I don't, I'll post vegan food, but I never go to a meat eater's page and say, hey, look at what I'm eating. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what it is is people don't like to have their house of cards broken down, their whole belief system. They don't like to be told or even think that they're doing something wrong. People mm -hmm. are defensive creatures, you know? Some of my clients aren't vegans uh, if they're just looking for personal training. Obviously, if they wanted a meal plan, it would be completely plant-based. And so there's this one guy who I train from time to time. Recently, he sent me a photo of like a cheeseburger that he was about to eat and said, okay. oh, uh, jealous or something like that. And obviously, the situation was not funny at all. You guys know, I have a great sense of humor. It takes a lot to offend me, but I probably made him feel like a bit of an asshole because there is obviously a huge disconnect between people who eat meat and us vegans if people think that that is appropriate behavior because I have a good sense of humor. 
The fact that I'm not preachy about my ethics certainly doesn't justify somebody sending me a photo of the dead animal that they're eating. So I do think that there is a line that should be drawn, but it's like, how do we find that, you know, common ground? Do you think that it's just there's a disconnect? It's more of an ignorant thing? They don't get it? Are they just being disrespectful? I always think of certain religions who don't eat pork, for example. Mm-hmm. And somebody's not going to do the same thing. You know, they're not sending them, like, bacon. They're like, oh, yeah, the bacon. Well, exactly. To be- an Orthodox Jew or a Muslim person, that would be highly offensive. Well, exactly. I feel like as a vegan, your beliefs are just as strong from an ethical point of view as they are if they're coming from a religious place. But for some reason... It's hilarious to tease vegans about it. A little frog in the throat. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also curious about your dating life, Matthew. I'm sure we can all agree that people with a good sense of humor are way more sexy. As cliche as it sounds, I would say humor is number one for me on the most desirable traits in a partner scale. And actually, I, I heard on the radio recently that... Women, it is a fact, we select humor as the number one trait that we look for in a a partner. So I thought that was interesting and definitely true for me. And speaking from personal experience, I have dated guys who are too serious And as much of a turnoff as that was for me, I felt like they were equally annoyed by the fact that I'm not serious very often. (laughs) I'm just curious, Matthew, do you encounter this in your own dating life? Or would you say that you constantly melt both hearts and panties? You know, I don't don't talk about it much when I'm at shows. You know, I'm not one of a lot of people don't even know I'm vegan for the longest time. You know, Mm. like, I don't... don't So you're a closet vegan. Yeah. (laughs) Dating... You know, I just don't always bring that up at first, but I don't do a lot of dating because I, I wouldn't, I, I don't know if I could date someone who's like not vegan. Well, I'm sure our listeners would love to hear some of your stand up, especially if you talk about vegan stuff. Matthew, I know that you emcee some of the veg fests uh, in the States, so would you mind giving us a little taste of your vegan stand up? Well, we all get that question where do you get your protein from? And I hate it because there's always meatheads that are doing like I'm at the gym and always got dudes that are concerned about their protein coming up like, hey, bro, where do you get your protein from, bro? Hey, bro, where do you get your protein from? And it used to bother me at first. I'd be like, why? Like, why does this person even care? Like, why do you care where I get my protein from? Like, unless, like, I'm in the ICU. Some weird protein deficiency that nobody suffers from and you're my doctor. <laughs> then you have a right to ask me about it. Like, hey, bro. Where you get your protein from, bro? You might not make it out of here, bro. We gotta find out what you're doing about the protein. Then it makes <laughs> sense. But like, you just have no reason to ask me. But it used to bother me. Like at the beginning, I'd irritated by that stuff. But now, I'm like, I'm gonna have fun with it. Like if you're gonna ask me stupid questions, I'm gonna give you stupid answers, stupid responses, and just have fun with it. So now when dudes come up to me, I just hit them with some dumb shit. Like, hey, hey, bro, where you getting that protein from, bro? Bro, where you getting it from? I'm like, bro, I, I get it from the protein patch. Protein pad. What's a protein pad? Like, it's just like the pumpkin pad, but it's a protein pad. Like, it, during the fall and autumn months and winter months, the protein doesn't grow well. They move in the pumpkins pretty much the same place. It's a protein pad. Well, I haven't never heard of this. I said, like, bro, that's where every, that's why the gyms are dead on Saturdays because all the meatheads, the real muscle heads, they're out of the protein pads picking their protein naturally. Like, what? <laughs> 
I'm like, yeah, they're out there. You've never seen them next to the gym. They're right there with the rickshaws. They got the rickshaws. They're going through the protein. They're picking it naturally. He's like, bro, what, what, what? I've never seen this. Where do you get a rickshaw at, bro? I'm like the rickshaw rental shop right next to the gym, man. You've never seen it. So I just have fun with it now. And then this other dumb question, like the one that drives me nuts, I think more than the protein one, is like there's people know what vegetarian is for the most part. You know, no meat, no meat. But once you tell someone that you're vegan, they're like, what does that mean? Like it's, it's all of a sudden they have no idea what it is. And you'll t- I'll tell them, like, nothing from an animal. Nothing, nothing from an animal. And then they have that que- next follow-up question, like, what about milk? What, you, what about milk? And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, did you ever go to school? Do you know what a cow is? Like, do you know that it's an animal? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, so apparently stand-up is actually a pretty tough gig. In fact, our older brother, Jeff Shorky, uh, used to do some stand-up uh, comedy in, was it Toronto or Vancouver he did that? Toronto at Yuck Yucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's definitely one of the most, if not the most hilarious person I know. But did you know he actually told me recently that I'm not as funny as I used to be? <laughs> Is there some sort of connection between muscle mass and sense of humor, maybe? Like, the more <laughs> muscular you are the less funny you are. (laughs) That would explain why I'm so damn hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, apparently after I turned into a vegan fitness freak, I became less funny. Yeah, do you think it's possible for people to become less funny over time? Or is being funny just something you're either born with or you're just not funny? Because I personally think that being funny is not a skill that you would develop over time. Like, you're either funny or you're not, if you ask me. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and by the way, being that guy in the office who always wears a wacky tie and has a knock-knock joke for every situation, that does not count as being funny. No. And, and yeah, like I always say, making me fake laugh is just as bad as making me fake orgasm. You need to know if you succeeded or failed. So I would love to know what are your thoughts on this, Matthew? Somebody fake laughs. Is that like a dagger through your heart? You know, it's weird to say anything that's a dagger in my heart. I mean, I have to, like I said, I have thick skin. I just, I, I, uh, I don't let anybody kill my vibe. You know, fake laughing is, uh, I could definitely tell that. Fake orgasm? Um, I'm sure it's a joke, but I don't know about uh, not as easy to tell. There's, uh, there's that, that one. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure it's happened, but uh, usually it's not one of those things you try to get into and think of. You know, like it's not one of those things you could uh, ruin your day after that. If you... Well, much like an orgasm, real laughter is actually really good for you. Did you know that, Sam? Well, they do say laughter is the best medicine. <laughs> yes, they do. And yeah, did you know that laughing has been found to lower blood pressure, to reduce stress hormones, increase muscle flexion, bruh, and it even boosts your immune function because it raises levels of infection-fighting T-cells and disease-fighting proteins, which are called gamma interferon and B-cells, and these guys produce disease-destroying antibodies. Wow, yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, and laughter also triggers the release of endorphins, as we all know, which are the body's natural painkillers. It just produces a general sense of well-being, as I'm sure we've all experienced watching a good movie or show or whatever. 
And uh, I should also mention that, interestingly enough, our bodies cannot distinguish between real and fake laughter. Seriously? Yeah, so even if you have to fake it, it can still have a positive impact on your body, unlike an orgasm. (laughs) Uh, That's interesting about the fake laughter, though. I'm I'm just going to go around, like, giggling like a moron. If you'd like to make a call, please hang up and try again. If you need help... Hang up and then dial your operator. Matthew? Alright, well, I think that is a good place to wrap this episode up. Sorry about that. But of course, we've yet to read our review of the week or sing our big finale song. Listener feedback. So this week's review comes from Vegan Love and Life. And she says, Wow, what a duo. Education with personality in real life that touches home. These sisters are amazing and a perfect complement balance to the other. I can make real life connections to the podcasts and have a great time listening. I found out about these ladies at a veg fest and listened to six episodes the following weekend, Damn. which had me hooked and wanting more, wanting more, wanting more. You gals got soul closing every podcast in a theme song and so easy on the ears. Ah, She's lying. <laughs> Two beautiful... Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> educated Canadian women with attitude. Beautiful, educated Canadian women with attitude. Booyah! I like it. You make the capital proud. Yeah. Keep them coming, Sam and Sarah. Wow, that was a good one. Thank yeah, I you know. so I, much. See, they're always so nice. I'm starting to feel like an a-hole for... Yeah, well, we really appreciated that one, Vegan Love and Life, and you must be from Ottawa, too, eh? Since you mentioned we make the capital proud, eh? Which is the capital of Canada. Yeah, maybe we should send this episode to uh, Trudeau, eh? Whatever the case, thank you for that. And please keep those reviews coming, guys. means the world to us. It means we can keep getting awesome show sponsors like Pet Legs. Remember, P-E-T-L-E-G-Z.com. Discount code JACKED to save 15% on custom pet leggings. Well, naturally, I went with Monty Python's Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. Oh, nice. All which right. is both positive and using humor, and it's just downright funny. Maybe we will include it when we do stand-up. I'm setting it up for us, so everybody stay tuned for that. And in the meantime, always look on the bright side of life. For life is quite absurd, and death's the final word. You must always face the curtain with a bow. Forget about your sin, give the audience a grin. Enjoy it, it's the last chance anyhow. So always look on the bright side of life. Just before you draw your terminal breath. Life's a piece of shit. When you look at it, life's a laugh and death's a joke, it's true. You'll see it's all a show, keep them laughing as you go. 
Just remember that the last laugh is on you. <laughs> And always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the bright side of life. <laughs> Just for you, Robert in Calgary, we know you love the Monty Python. We know you were singing along. <laughs> That's it for us this week, guys. We will report back with how our uh, comedy stand-up routine goes yeah. here, and there will be a YouTube video. Mock my words. Have a great week, and we will be back. Shorty Sisters, out. Oh.